the music radio with kaguya aka me and today we're featuring my good friend rose yay hi everyone hi thanks so much for coming through i know um i'd be like (laughs) telling people to try this out and they're like i'm not sure and i was like it's the same thing it's just a different type of medium kind of like clubhouse or whatever but yeah so uh welcome everyone for the first time coming through so basically in this new series rose is my second guest for this new 2024 series uh basically i'll be doing like q a's with all my irl connections who are artists musicians um, models influencers all of that just for like an easier way for me to get into like the hosting side of things and then this space is live recorded i will later on export it as a podcast so anyone who misses out can tap back in and listen in on the journey for Rose. Not my cat, like, tearing up my chair. I'm so happy my cat's not screaming at me right now. Peach. Oh, she misses you. Huh? She probably misses you. I'll come over, you know. I've been grinding. (laughs) I I had to take a little nappy nap before this phase because I was like, uh, I got woken up. But my cat just, like, (laughs) going through plastic. I was like, bitch. Stop it. <laughs> no, I feel like I probably will take a nap after this, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So that's like a little bit of introduction. So house rules, if you have any questions, you can come through afterwards. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. So a girl, a, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can get to know you? Yeah, um, I'm 26. I'm a Nigerian-Palestinian contemporary artist. I am dabbling now in expressionism. Uh, I'm from California, and I'm a Cancer, so I think that's very important about me. Um, I mostly just enjoy having fun and a good time. I'm pretty simple. I just want to paint most of the time and make art. I don't really care about much else. Yes. Shout out to the Cancers. We're Cancer Sisses. You know, we we understand each other. And that's why I appreciate our friendship for sure. (laughs) Uh, What sparks your creativity? Take us behind the scenes of your creative world, like any quirky rituals or funny stories from your art making ventures. And what are those little things that light up your creative spark? Um, I do have for being creative I always want to do something with my hands I really like to be active I hate sitting still for rituals um (laughs) I have to at least sit in front of a canvas for like 20 minutes just staring at it even if I already designed it I need to sit smoke with it talk to it see like what they want done it's kind of like I like to have conversations with it first you know, get things going, warm it up. I don't want to like instantly just start attacking her with paint. I want her to be prepared for it. So I'd be talking to myself and talking to my supplies a lot. It's a little bit um, scary at times. <laughs> it's like one of those like Insta reels or TikTok things where people put their eyeballs on top of the supplies where you're like super lit and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, my supplies are terrified of me. They're all very, they're all very scared. They probably all whisper to each other like, no, she's coming because I'd I be beating them up. I'd be doing a lot to them. Well, that actually ties into our next question. So it's like, what is your favorite medium? And if your art supplies could talk, what do you think they'd say about the wild things they witness during your creative sessions? My favorite medium is actually really hard for me to pick one. I feel like when I was younger, I was really into acrylic paint and oil paint, also watercolor. Throughout the years, I've been using acrylic paint, but now that I'm getting older and just getting into more things and getting better at stuff, I feel like it's not even close to being my favorite medium. It kind of just feels like a filler medium at the moment. I'm really into wood. Which, which is really different. I'm really into like, I want to sand it. I want to build it. I want to switch more um, into like carpentry. And then, you know, my supplies would literally just run from me. I think they're all very scared. Um, they get lost. 
randomly peachy will have one in her mouth um i'll just leave things out i'll it's horrible the way i treat them i should i should get better at it actually i mean we love the chaos you know that's just a part of us <laughs> but that's super cool this is the first time of me hearing that you're like wanting to get into carpentry um i'm super excited to see what you're going to do with that for sure and plus like i feel like you are very versatile as an artist like not only you know are you doing like the physical art but you know you are art in general as any everyone can see uh but let's get into the next question so when was the moment you knew you were an artist and how has your style evolved over time any embarrassing fashion phases we need to hear about <laughs> um uh, so i didn't really know i was an artist until i was about I want to say 12 or 13. I always was creative as a kid. I always wanted to make people things. I think I would make my mom stuff constantly when I was little. So then when I started becoming a babysitter, um, I had an aunt who helped me go to painting classes. And I just thought I was so good. I thought I couldn't like help but be amazed by myself. So then that was like a moment for me. I was like, oh, you're an artist. Like you could do this. And it's kind of just stuck with me since then. Like I always knew that I could excel in it if it's a natural calling. So that's kind of when that happened. And then what was the second part of the question? I'm so sorry. Oh, embarrassing fashion phases. Oh God. <laughs> I think my whole, I think I'm still kind of in it. I've, unfortunately, I love really tacky and eccentric things, man. I grew up loving Betsy Johnson. I loved how kooky she was and her bad hair extensions and her too much patterns. Um, I always have been too a little emo. So I feel like I am emo mixed with like, if you met the most chaotic old lady ever, like that is kind of what my style has been since I was a child. I'm really not gonna grow out of it. I love it, I love it. I always think about like your tattoo that you kind of hate. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Robin Skimpy or whatever. I forget his name. I think that's. Oh. Is it the tiny Rick one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so. <laughs> I, I literally, I hate that tattoo. I think that I've mastered posing to hide that tattoo. Like that is just, but you know, when I was younger, I thought, you know, cartoon tattoos were the coolest thing ever. And that was going to get this sleeve of all the cartoons I watch. And then you know, I got older and I was like, there's so many other cartoons, though, that would have been better for the first one. You know, I think I ruined it by starting with Tiny Rick first. I love it. I love it. I love how it's just like a part of you. You know, I still have my faded tat on my left arm um, that I like hid from my parents. It was so funny um, because, you know, I, I got the tattoo when my parents left the house and they were only leaving the house for a couple hours when they were doing <laughs> church work. And then like, I'm going to go to the tattoo shop that's nearby the church and get this tat with all my tips that I got from like doing hair back in the day out of Veda. <laughs> and I was like, it was between this or like a Dove calligraphy one that was like $10 more expensive. I should have gotten the Dove, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> got it LASIK removed. And now everyone thinks it's henna running around. My parents thought I was part of the lesbian mafia, you know? <laughs> I feel like we, uh, that's one thing I love about us is that we relate on so many things, you know, with like down to tattoos, to doing hair, to both being like creative. And then on top of that, we're cancers. I feel like we just have like so much in common between the two of us. Yes, exactly. And that's why like, you know, I've been following you since what, 2016, 2017, in the beginning of my journey, and we've been following each other for so long. I love how I like randomly ran into you when you were visiting New York that one time. And I was like, wait, and you're like leaving the club. Um, that was so funny. But now we're like neighbors. So we get to hang out and do cute things, get our nails done, eat food, all that stuff, um, which I'll come over and hang out and we can watch some movies and stuff soon. Get yes, please. I would love that. Some naked and afraid. <laughs> <laughs>
Yo, that Naked and Afraid show that you put me on is so wild. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much, like, white tears that are going on in that show. You know what's so funny is the show didn't... I don't know if it's just because TV producing... I'm not trying to come at TV producers or the people behind the scenes, but reality shows aren't really the same anymore. I feel like when things used to be, like, more raw... It was better. But then when you see the show in the later of years, it really is just people crying and complaining about a situation that they chose to be in, which really is one of my biggest pet peeves. So I don't know. It's just I was watching the latest season, I think, the other day and I had to turn it off. I was like, oh, it did not a getting ruined. I mean, I think that's the whole thing about reality TV. And honestly, like even last year, I told you I was like approached by like two different reality TV show situations. And I was like, actually, I don't want to do that. <laughs> because like they can edit it however they want to. And you know, they were trying to like personify me as like this uh, Asian girl from New York and trying to really bring out that New York side of me. And I'm like, that's crazy. Um, can I just be myself? Thank you. Um, but let's go into the other thing. So epic wins and oopsie moments. Uh, let's dish out the deets on your most epic artistic win. And of course, any hilariously adorable oopsie moments that you had that had you saying like, did I just do that? I feel like one thing that I think is super important as an artist is you should view a lot of things as a win. So I genuinely think that even the smallest thing is like the biggest win whenever it comes to my art, because that's really how it feels. I've sold paintings for thousands of thousands to really cool, important people. And then I've also sold a painting for $60. Like, and it's, it's both have felt as fulfilling and as the same amount of like the win regardless of what it is it's just like very satisfying to um make any progress when it comes to my artwork and then any oopsies girl I probably fumbled a couple bags with my attitude I'm not (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I've probably fumbled a couple bags with my attitude but I think that I just have a really strong personality and I really defend my art to like the death of it. I have had people try to haggle on prices or have had to try me change my style in order to do a commission for them. And it's just not who I am. For some artists, that's why I view it as an oopsie because I know some artists don't mind bending themselves to do it. And I don't think that's a wrong thing. But for me, I just, that would be the only oopsie is that I have an attitude. And if you're coming at me wrong about buying a piece, I'm going to let you hear it. Like, I, (laughs) I don't really care. I think that is not necessarily like a oopsie thing. It's just like, you have to stand your ground. You're like, I am the artist. You have to respect me and you have to pay your dues. <laughs> no, actually, it's hard to, um, sometimes though it's hard to not feel like you're, because, you know, starving artists is a thing. And it's it's hard to sit back and think of all the money you've let go. It is probably something I will get over when I become more established as a painter. But you do have sometimes remorse with standing your ground, especially when the bills are due, you you want to start other paintings, and sometimes it feels like an L, but I know eventually I will feel better for turning down the work that I didn't feel comfortable doing. Exactly, exactly. Safety first, to be honest, and also it's like, you know, you know your worth at the end of the day. So it's all like learning lessons. I definitely faced that too, where I like faded some jobs that are already booked because I thought a different opportunity would have been better for me, et cetera. But like at the end of the day, it happened and I still was able to flourish from it. (laughs) From every L, I think like a lot of people as artists don't necessarily talk about their failures. Like I feel like there's so many failures, so much growth that happens throughout our journeys before we actually get to relish and also like you know, be excited and for our accomplishments and everything. And, you know, I think we also had that same 
um, kind of mindset for, you know, having immigrant parents and such, like being the second gen of thing, we were kind of like beat down as children. So it's like, oh, did you do your best or could you have done better? And I always fight with that mentality, but you know, we always like stay tried and true. So can you share some insights in your journey and content creation? Because I see you not just as an artist, but as a boss ass bitch. Uh, so like, most obviously you are a boss ass bitch. You do a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. <laughs> and like, I only got to know a little bit more about you since we started hanging out, obviously. I think a lot of artists get torn apart that concept of constantly needing to do content creation. So we are quote unquote, like seen or like, quote-unquote relevant or whatever so how has your journey been when it comes to content creation I've been you know I've been on MySpace since I was little I've been on Pinterest I've been on Tumblr I've been on Facebook I've always had a knack for creating content that people enjoyed seeing when it came to like finally like zoning in on wanting to create content about art I just knew that it had to be authentic it had to be something that I'm comfortable doing. I never wanted to, you know, there's so many artists who are nonstop promo, 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 nonstop, like shoving their art in your face. And I personally never wanted to be the person that is like shoving things down people's faces. I always just wanted to come off as someone that is excited to show my work and excited to have it received. Even if like sometimes the content or the video, the picture, the painting, it doesn't matter. Like, even if it's a flop, maybe, you know, it doesn't do as good. You always have to get over that. You can't let one post or one thing stop you from like chasing your dreams because it only takes one post. It really does. And sometimes you just have to like believe in yourself. You have to be a little delusional when you're creating content. You have to be like, this is the best thing I've ever put out. Don't give a fuck what anyone has to say about it. This is how, like, I'm coming. I mean, that that's how I feel. I The older I get and the more I'm in the game, the harder I be going for it. I feel like I took a step back because I could tell the content that I was feeling pressured to do wasn't really me. You know, I feel like content creators were pressured to always be posting, like you said, always be relevant, always this and that. And in my opinion, no one can take my relevancy from me. No one can take my artistry from me. No one can take anything that is for me from me. So if that means I don't post a painting for six months, then that's what that means. Because I bet you at the end of those six months, I'm about to shit on you. Like, that's just how I feel about things. Like, I don't really, like, I just very gung-ho about myself, regardless if it's showing in on the internet or to people like, I know like how I move. I'm a very hard worker. I love feeling like useful. I love making things and yeah. <laughs> Period. I know, I know. It's that cardinal energy in you too, you know? <laughs> we had that leader crown on. Um and I love that about you, honestly. And I know that you also have a love for memes. I honestly think we have that same similar aspect. Do you think like your meme persona matches your artistic persona? Oh my God, if we're being honest, if I haven't even scratched the surface with the memes that I like or the art that I actually like, I am so weird. <laughs> I like the weirdest things. I feel like sometimes... I'm not going to lie. I'll see a meme and I'll be like, ooh, that's a good gradient background. Like I've actually been inspired by memes and have applied the, the work that I've seen to what I'm doing. I think I love memes. I have a little meme account that I do run. Um, memes are life. I think that they're the best thing to hit the Internet. I, I would be so sad if people stopped letting us use them. Right. I totally agree. I feel like, um, you know, this is like my first time, like really being in the host seat and like curating questions and all of that. But like, whenever people interview me, and they're like, who's your inspiration? And I was like, memes, 
Like, I feel like I don't necessarily compare myself with other successors, even though I adore them and appreciate them. But like, I'm my own competition um, at the end of the day. And I think you think the same way too. So like, definitely shout out to memes. Um, memes are for the culture. It is a way for us to like express our feelings without putting like a three paragraph essay that no one really reads in their captions anyways, <laughs> especially like on the Instagram realm. And so I think that's why like I started tapping into Twitter. Most obviously most influencers, oh, we call them influencers, like, you know, most of the baddies will use Twitter to just like have more engagement and, you know, just shit post, um, which people still shit post, but like, I feel like there's more interpersonal connections, especially navigating through these spaces uh, for the new ones that have tapped in. You know, I am more tapped into like the web three music side of things and how like I saw that as a venture for me, um, only being on spaces for the past four months and speaking, growing my account and connections here that like we are able to delve into that process of like oh what is marketing um why should we limit ourselves just to like the web 2 aspects and stuff but most obviously we can talk about that later so this is a bit of a heavy topic but would love for you to speak your mind in regards to the news that has been so prevalent with the genocide and the feud of israel and palestine like, has your cultural background and traditions influenced your art as of late? And I know you were like curating a new series in regards to that. So let's talk about it. <laughs> um, well, my mother's side is Palestinian and I grew up being around that side a lot. Um, I visited my grandpa's house a lot. And he always had these like fur rugs everywhere, even a fur giant ottoman. He would have trinkets. He was very extravagant to me. His furniture had really nice wood engraving. He took care of his, like, it was just the way his style was. They're all their style. It, it wanted me to, like, have that sort of elegance about my art and, like, just apply it because I really am so grateful that he was even able to escape all that happening, you know? There's so much going on to like kids and families and it's really heartbreaking sometimes i feel um sorry sometimes i feel a little ungrateful because one second i'm so sorry it's okay girly uh, i know it was like more of a heavier topic um so no, but i'm so happy that you asked it because it really does inspire a lot of my art and i feel like just because of the art that i make people don't see the cultural inspiration of it. I'm inspired by a lot of Palestinian art. I'm inspired by a lot of African abstract art. It's the Palestinian people are so resilient and they're so full of love. And regardless of the things going on, these people are painting the most beautiful, brightly colored pictures. They are some of like, it's absolutely insane to me that they are so talented and under the conditions that they're under and that it just inspires me every day that I'm talented enough and I have a platform enough to like show it and like put it out there because the, it would be a waste of, I'm not trying to be dark. It would be a waste of my life to not chase all of my dreams because then why did everything happen? You know, like, I try to use it as a way to inspire me because if I don't use it as a way to inspire me, I, it really will alter my mental health because it's really sad to feel displaced in the world. And I, I, my heart cries for um, the people dealing with that. It's very sad. It's just, it's, I, I think everyone should look more into it. Um, it's really just, people getting bullied and murdered for existing. Um, it's absolutely the craziest thing ever. It, it feels surreal sometimes. It's hard to like wrap your head around it. Right, and it's like always hard and we touch base, you know, about it too. Like I felt weird like when everything was hitting the headlines and everyone was like, 
essentially like reposting trauma porn and i think that's like the weirdest thing that social media does with trauma like yes share about it but you don't have to constantly repost it if you're not really doing anything about it and then go about your day like out in the club like next slide to your insta stories um you know shaking your ass like i just felt like it was the weirdest thing so no it absolutely it was the weirdest thing um i've been speaking out about it for like a while now for years I've been speaking out about it but you know this past couple of months with every everything that is going on outside of everything that's been going on for years you know it, it didn't just start it's been they've been doing this for so long this particular time it really I really took a step back and evaluated the people around me and evaluated who what was going on because it's it's disgusting, in my opinion. You know, I I personally have taken a step back from going out a lot and from drinking a lot. I'm trying to, you know, it's not fair. It's just not fair. There's there's a way to have some decorum and some class about some things. And I think a lot of people lack class. And I think this is a very prime example of people lacking the awareness and reading a room. So... You know, it's hard to not have some disdain for certain things. You know, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's hard to not have some disdain or bitterness towards the world when everyone is just literally shaking their ass <laughs> while people are dying. It's it's a little insane to me, um, but it is, it is kind of what it is. You know, people are desensitized and they like to post things either to seem woke or for shock factor. They don't actually care what the post entails and you know that's what they have to live with on their conscience so it, it, it kind of just is what it is it's one of those things where you hope to surround yourself by people who know better and to steer away from the people who don't 100 percent like, I feel like it's, you know, I've been taking a break most obviously from like my IG spectrum of things because I was like, I'm not going to do like an OOTD or like, you know, like a silly reel. Like, I just didn't feel like that was me. I was like, I'm here to support you obviously, and all the people who have lost their families and stuff. But I think it's always interesting where um, especially with like influencers or whatever. And I like heard from like, even like Ashley Graham or whatever. And she has such like a big platform, but she's not even talking about it whatsoever because she's afraid of like losing a check. And then <laughs> this other like Asian girl was like, Oh, you know, she's making like a lot of TikToks and she's raising awareness in regards to like Palestinians and like even posting like um, other like Palestinian like small businesses and like you can purchase your stuff here, which is cool too. But I'm like, are you doing it really to like support or are you doing it for clout? And so I think that's where it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But like ultimately at the end of the day, I feel like it is a certain type of responsibility for people with such large platforms to be outspoken about injustice, especially in the world and stuff. But let's get into like more of like a lighter hearted question. Um, I appreciate you sharing so much in the space and being vulnerable with us and, you know, free Palestine. But let's go into this. Uh, imagine your art had its own bucket list and what would be on it? Like any dream projects or crazy artistic ventures you're plotting? <laughs> I do have a bucket list. I feel like uh, if I can make it and I want to do it, literally, I'm the most insane person ever. And I will look at something. I'll look at a bridge literally while driving and be like, I could design that better, though. Like, I could have made that. <laughs> like, I will see a table and think, yeah, but I, I could have did that a little better. Like, my bucket list is to make all of the things to ever be made possible. I think that's why I'm getting into carpentry so much is because I love the aspect of creating things top to bottom and it being actually a physical heavy thing in front of you instead of like a painting hanging on the wall. I want to like, I want to fill a room. Like I want you to walk in and be like, oh shit, this is a lot of rose water. <laughs> like I just, my bucket list, I want to be the next Pier 1 Imports. Like I'm coming for their gig. That's that's my goal in life. It's my dream. And I think it's very, very achievable. I also 
would love to work with like maybe a designer brand and like help making textiles. I, I've been getting into it more like the graphic design and I think it would be amazing to see one of my textiles like walking down a runway or something. I, I probably would gasp or cry. Also would love to do like movie backgrounds, like the whole Barbie movie, everything was hand painted. And I probably watched that movie so many times, just admiring all the little things that they put into it to make it special. I would love to help someone create their vision and let them know that it is possible. We can do this. We can make it like we can find a way. I just, I want to do everything and anything possible. <laughs> yes, I love to hear it. And, and that's the thing is like, you're still a dreamer um, amongst all the chaos. And I definitely see it for you too. And you know, I, I can always wear like a hard hat and a <laughs> on these ventures. I've been watching a lot of like, uh, vintage flipping like TV shows and like home remaking. <laughs> exactly. No, you are literally hitting the nail, girl. I'm trying to go to the, uh, what is it called? A garage sales, estate sales. I'm trying to pick up the things. I have a sander. Like, I am so ready to oh just. Let's go to the Rose Bowl Stadium. I was literally telling people that is the most fun thing to do. Yes, I would I would die. I would love to do it. Yeah, you know, um, I'd be like telling him all the time. I'm like, I am ready to move out to the forest and like have like a pure fab home where we're renovating everything. <laughs> no, you know, I'm so I'm always down for you to move to the forest. Like I am behind that because that means I can go to the forest. So I'm all for it. I know we were like talking about that too. Remember like there was that one time I got like approved for like the small little one bedroom and like near Big Bear and, and like the lady, it was like snowing, you know, it's like 6,000 um, what feet like altitude or whatever. It's where like the snow and stuff happens. And she was like, I have a Husky, you have a Husky, let's be neighbors. And she really wanted me, but uh, I guess we still have stuff to do in the big city. So we're still here in LA, you know, grinding our asses off. Um, That's how I feel about LA. I literally am just like, let me just grind and work until I can leave this place because there's something about LA. It's something in the air. Like, it's not okay here. It's, it's especially for the art scene. LA and the art scene is like, um, excuse my French, but it's like you have to fuck someone in order to get put on. And it's actually the craziest thing to me because I didn't realize that that was also in the painting industry. I didn't know that like, but you know, where, <laughs> where there's men in charge, there's always going to be um, <laughs> something like that going on. So that was the craziest thing about LA because it's hard to break into new galleries. It's hard to break into certain places because you have to know someone fucking the guy or fuck the guy. And it's just not really my vibe. I noticed in New York, it's not really like that. Um, if I ever get the courage to move out there, uh, which I won't, <laughs> I think it would be a little bit better. Definitely not suggest, uh, especially right now with all like the budget cuts and like the chaos that is going on. You know, I was in New York for like 15 plus years. Like I was born there. I went to school there for elementary and like, but then came back for college and like, it was a crazy time. I think it's like good when you're like in the younger like twenties and like going through it. And like, you know, some people just never leave, which is perfectly fine too. But I don't know, especially like this past year, they had like over millions and millions of dollars of budget cuts for like schools, libraries, like uh, public essential workers. They were trying to reduce 86 percent of like small businesses and putting them out of business while they had all this like empty space and like apartments and not putting down their rent so it was like so crazy and now they have like an ai uh police cop that just like roams Stop. around everyone's an ai cop yes i don't Stop. know that shit yes they like spent so much money on this little r2d2 looking cop um that is just like voyaging around like the subway stations but like it it takes everyone's identities and implements it into the system oh. um, it's like the weirdest thing what's that movie with will smith like do you know what i'm talking about um where he has the dog and the dog sadly passes away 
And yep. he's like fighting all the robots. That's what it's giving. Yeah, I am legend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sad movie. Sad ass movie. No, for sure. Like, I feel like, yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Will Smith later. Um <laughs> No, we, we have right. enough to talk about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely see a couple people wanting to be requested. I'll put you guys on after we're done with the questions. We have a couple more to get through. We have two more. So as an independent freelance artist, what is success for you? Any advice you have for others looking to make their mark in the industry? As I, like I said, um, earlier, I take everything that I do as a win. So I feel successful like no matter what, <laughs> if that, you know what I mean? I feel successful even when I wake up and barely can do anything for myself and I'm sad and I'm still able to finish my painting. I, I think that in order to be an artist, you need to have the confidence, like the confidence to be successful and success looks different for everyone. Um, I've accomplished a lot of things in my art career that I actually didn't know I could accomplish and that I, I didn't know that I was talented enough to do. So it's just the little things. You really got to gas yourself up. And then what was the second part? Um, I mean, I think you pretty much answered it, like the advice that um, you can give to others to make their mark in the industry. So like drive, discipline, motivation, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's really it. I think that sometimes people get caught up in trying to look successful to other people. And I think that's actually how they end up not being successful. I think if you try to prove your worth, no one will ever see it. You got to just put out the work and hope somebody likes it. Yeah, 100%. And you know, we see a lot of those in LA. (laughs) (laughs) So many. You know what what was so funny? Before I, you know, um, got involved with King, a lot of my friends in the West Coast are like, and I was like on Tinder or whatever, and they're like, don't swipe right on the guy with like the Gucci fanny pack and like the designer outfit. It's their only outfit. They'd be hopping around different places and sleeping at their places. Like, don't do it, girl. <laughs> no, but really, it's all, that's the craziest thing is that everything is a facade and nothing is real. And I think once you as a person like have realized that you can start being authentic and real in a world where it's not, I think that's what makes people stand out is them not, I guess, the matrix, (laughs) not getting involved in it. Right. And I, you know, I mean, there are definite like success stories for sure. Like, you know, anyone can be a creative director now. Um, as long as they have a vision. <laughs> I think it was like one of those memes. It's like, oh, you're like queer. Uh, what kind of job do you do? Uh, a DIY carpenter or flipper? <laughs> or- That's literally me. Like, I am the biggest lesbian on the planet. I do <laughs> I do every everything that you would expect. That's literally me. But, I mean, that's the thing that I like about creative direction is that some people may be able to say it, you know, that, oh, yeah, I'm a creative director, but, like, let's see the proof in the pudding, because I've c- came across other creative directors, and I'm like, damn, you ain't created shit. Like, not trying to be mean, but the vibe and the vision, I'm not seeing it. Like, so I think that's what's so funny. Um, I have OCD, so a lot of things that other people do, I can't help but feel like sometimes it's wrong. So when it comes to work, I try to make sure everything I do is not wrong, if that makes sense. Like, I try to just not mess up. And again, that goes into the topic of, like, we're the worst enemies for our own creative. Um, But I love it. I love everything about it. So the last question is, so what is next for Rose, a.k.a. you? Um, any upcoming projects or collaborations that your fans or the people who are listening can look forward to? And yeah. I think what's next for me is expanding and getting past the label of being an abstract artist because I'm not an abstract artist. Um, I think that's really big for me. I really want to put out work that has people understanding that I am a contemporary expressionist artist. And I got put into this box for a really long time. I'm still in it. 
And that's just it. I'm breaking out of the box and I'm just coming for everything that's mine and shitting on everybody who thought otherwise. That like, I'm just here. I'm here and I'm staying. (laughs) (laughs) Period. So like, tell us how we can support you and follow you alongside your journey. Um, my Instagram is rose.gbron, um, and then my art page is rsegbrnart. Uh, I will put my other socials in my bio. I guess just, I it means a lot to me when people share my posts. I know that's like such a weird thing. Um, right now, I won't be dropping anything until early February. I have t-shirts coming out, grinders, I have ashtrays. I have a couple of stuff lined up, but support to me is really just sharing a post and like helping people see that like I'm a painter being a, you know, being Palestinian and speaking out about Palestine, I'm shadow banned and I've been shadow banned because of it for years because I've been talking about it for years and I don't really plan on stopping um, ever, honestly. So it really means a lot when people help me get more engagement because I, I just don't like being shut up. So that's it. And honestly, that's been happening a lot more. I've been getting a lot more shares. I've been getting more engagements. And it really does mean a lot to me. Yeah. And also, it's free, you guys. Like, you know, liking, commenting, bookmarking, like, you know, reposting, it's all free. And I don't think people understand, like, no matter how small you're following or, like, uh, people are like, I don't have influence. It doesn't matter. You still have influence. You still have a group of friends that may or may not, you know, they might be interested. No, and the- literally, like showing, showing, you could show, you could have 2,000 followers, 100 followers. You show the post and that friend might follow me and like me, which I've actually experienced a lot. I've had a lot of cool ass girls message me and be like, my homegirl was talking about you, your page, and, like, she loves your pictures and love your art, and I now love your pictures and art, and I actually, I come across that so much, and I'm like, yes, my girls are out there spreading the word, like, thank you so much, I, it's really just amazing to, um, have a support system and to have people, like, actually care about my art, it's, it blows my mind all the time. Yes, we love it. We love it. Well, that ends like the segment for like my set of questions. So I appreciate you for coming on to Music Radio with me featuring you, you know, powered by Music, which is um, standing for Undiscovered Music. It is a tech that we are gifting essentially for all of our holders. Um, It is Web3 inclined, but it's not mandatory. So essentially it's just setting up the artist to be as a business and not just as an artist. Cause I think that's the whole entire mentality to really make it, you have to really be setting your mind up as a business. But we do have a couple people, unfortunately some people have left, but Naira and Coach who are part of the music team. What's up you guys? Do you have any questions for Rose? Yes, you know I do off the break. I'm like a gorgeous little brother. She's my sister with all the hot friends, you know, Sainara. But, uh, like, I wanted to know, like, what's your goal as far as just building within this space? And how do you think you can reach out to the multitude to bring them home to the home team? Um, I guess my goal with it, I right now, my goal is just to learn a little bit more about it and to get a little bit more comfortable speaking I was honestly really nervous today, so I just want to get more comfortable talking more. Obviously, me and, you know, Kukui, I was going to say your other name. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) me and her, we have, we're going to be talking and I'll probably be doing more things and just, yeah. Shout out to B. My goal is to just, oh, sorry, what? Not say shout out to B. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) Shout out to B. We were talking about it in the back end. Um, You know, I think the due diligence that I can do for my friends who want to like have their artwork or like their music represented like within the Web3 community since, you know, I'm still growing my community regardless. I'm not perfect whatsoever. I'm just like using all my drive and time, um, you know, speaking my truth exactly of how I've been doing for the past six years on Instagram. Like, I wouldn't have had a career, y'all. I think that's the thing. It's like people expect to be handed opportunities, but if you're not putting yourself out there, like who's going to find you? 
Like, who's going to hand you that opportunity? Who's going to, like, put your stuff on the blockchain for you? Not, um, you know, I think that's the thing. And I think that is also, like, the niche about, like, you know, I consider Web3 as a subculture. I, and for me, like, growing up emo, listening to metal and emo music, that was a subculture. Me loving anime, that was a subculture. So I just think of Web3 as another subculture, you know? And you just had to, like, dive in, meet the right people. Uh, most obviously, you know, I'm not going to spit out any, like, financial advice or be, like, shilling, like, any, like buy into this, buy into that. Like even with me having my own artist token, um, I'm not going to bring random people and, who have no idea what they're going to face onto the blockchain like that. So yeah, I would love to like cater to like individual one-on-one -on -one kind of situations and like curate and also like basically handhelding. Like, cause I wish that happened to me. I just kind of like put my face head in first and kind of like put in a lot of hours and stuff. But yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you here um, to possibly even expand and have like another external source of like income, you know, since you have all these art pieces and you know, you do also have like a lot of pieces that you're not willing to sell and stuff. So I think it's another great way to branch off um, for sure. But anyways, Naira, what's good? Yo, 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 I'm good. I'm good, Kaguya. I'm good. What's going on? Yeah, for real, uh, I want to know, like, uh, Miss Rose, are you a painter? Yes, she is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, many okay. things. I also happen to be a painter, yeah. And you're a musician as well? No, I'm not a musician. My big brother, though, is a musician. His name's Enfume, and he makes the most amazing music you'll probably ever hear. So if you would like to support me, but also like music, you're supporting me by supporting my big brother. Yeah, for real, for real. And like, uh, as Kaguya said, uh, we are all part of the music team, and we are all here for positive vibes and not the other way around. And like, we are trying to like build a very huge community, not just in America or just between ourselves, but I mean, the whole community can come together because us as musicians and artists and painters, like we have to find a way to own our own art. You get me? So like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Is by learning and like, Learning with music is, is, is basically going to take you, like, it's going to give you much knowledge that you ever had. Like, I, I've been with music for this few months, and, and, and I can't tell you what I've learned. And, like, it's, it, it's just overwhelming. And it's just great to see you in this place today, having a Q&A. And, and, and I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. And, yeah. Well, thank you for the warm welcome. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Naira. We love you. It's time, and most obviously, King in the U Labs. But yeah, shout out to everyone that came through for the second episode of this live stream. Yay! Yes. Let's go! <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, I do have a lot of baddies in my roster. They're all my good friends, and they're all talented, and they're all boss-ass bitches. You know, I just felt like it would be the most easiest way for me to transition versus, like, doing a Q&A to a total random stranger. Um, and that way I can just, like, highlight my friends, you know, and uplift their voices. I thought that was, like, the greatest transition for me. But anyways, uh, does anyone else have questions i know naira has their hand up but i haven't heard from it's time or king yet so uh, <clears throat> excuse me. i don't have too many questions no <laughs> but aside from that no i want to say uh, thank you for conducting uh this interview with miss rose i'm glad that she's able to uh bring her art over into the world of web 3 or here soon and definitely looking forward to seeing all the things she creates in the near future. Uh, we appreciate your time, and I'll definitely let the other people in the community ask any questions they may have. 
Thank you. But let's get into the song. So Infume is Rose's brother. I love his music. Um, check him out on Spotify. He has around 4,990 monthly listeners. And I'm going to play the song out for us if anyone, I mean, like, this is your last chance to come up on stage if you have any questions or anything, or you can just DM me in the back if you're interested. Um, most obviously, seek, um, seek is going to be one of the artists upcoming for music radio around March yeah we have artists booked all the way to the middle of March at this point every single week we're doing a different artist but yeah <laughs> we're going to play this out Rose do you have any closing statements for us um nothing really just support your local artists we deserve it <laughs> and thank you so much for uh, letting me talk today I had a great time yes you're a natural I love how like Everyone I bring on so far, it's their first time in spaces and they're such a natural. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so maybe that's why. Right. Period. And also like murder mystery, I'm sure. Um. <laughs> no, most definitely. I'm pretty sure when we get off of this, I'm going to put on my little crime show and lay down. <laughs> As you should, Queen. Um, definitely tap back in with me later. I can come through. But this is Enfume. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening in. Thank you. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.